Kelly, despite our hangover this morning, we went last night for the very first time, and for me, in over 12 years, we went to a concert. Bob Dylan. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the the weirdest way you could phrase it, yeah, because it made it sound like we've never seen a concert. We've yeah. Seen a concert in 12 years. No, we've seen lots of concerts, and I think the one frustrating aspect of this concert is that it's not like other concerts that we normally go to, but it is a lot like most concerts are, and I think it's troubling. I don't like that very much. What do you mean by that? Well, I guess we can just start. So we went to go see Bob Dylan on the 31st of May, 2022, uh, at the Arlene Schnitzer Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go online or go to SOTW Pod on Twitter, I post a photo of the of the hall. It's beautiful. Um, you might have seen the big Portland sign. Uh, it's the, one in the same, baby. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Awesome, awesome. Going to it, everybody was super excited. Uh, before we went, we got a drink. We walked in. Tons of people. It was great. However, definitely never encountered the policy of taking the phones, putting them in a yonder bag. Yonder, the company, which I'm convinced is a front uh, by Jeff Rosen and Bob Dylan Management to launder money to some kid who's not working for his life. Um that was strange. The the prices on everything. Again, I don't want to sound like man yelling at the sky, but it's just like that poster is is just like printed off of the internet. These shirts are fifty dollars. The drinks are twenty two dollars. Yeah, man yells at sky. You know, so <laughs> I I feel like this is like well trodden ground. And because we um, you know, you're going to Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, he's perfect. I'll pay whatever money. That's okay. But uh, I want to talk about the show, and I want to kind of gauge. Mainly your reaction, because I think anybody who's a Bob Dylan fan knows that he's that he that Bob Dylan's good and that it's fun to see him live and that a lot of the bullshit about him not being good is overblown, but was definitely a, a part of our show that we talked about a lot. We've listened to a lot of versions. And whenever we were first introducing this Bob Dylan, this this new one, I was always nervous because the backlash that you get from people and I expect did you. To have the same backlash, you know, whenever I would be like, here's the song for the week. And also he did this in 2016 and it, you know, it's Bob, Mm -hmm. like sing, talking, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. And I think for a lot of people, it's a big turnoff. But um, were you excited to go and see Bob Dylan? What were your thoughts going to to the Schnitzer? Well, I love the venue. Mm, yeah, we've each been there one time before. You saw Sarah McLaughlin and I saw Sufjan Stevens in 2015. Yeah. So. I knew what to expect on that front, which was nice. Yeah. Um, we were we were kind of far, far back. I think I need new glasses, so it's a little hard to make out his face. But I think I, I knew what to expect because you, like, we've been doing this for a while now. Yeah, six years. Uh, and it, I think I've experienced basically every version of Bob, and I know the one that he's in currently. And mm-hmm. Shadow Kingdom was a great totally like set up for this. I mean, that's, that's very clearly what it was, the kind of vibe of it and, you know, some of the players and everything. So that's what I was expecting. And that's, that's absolutely what it was. It was yeah. nice. And, yeah. and the set list being heavy with the newest songs, that's just, great. just knowing, I mean, I think that it was a good idea to look at the set list before okay. we went because I, I wasn't hoping for a song. You know what I mean? Like my mm. favorite songs of his that we've done are acoustic songs that he would absolutely never play again. Like, oh, yeah, I would never. Well, some ex- of them he's never played once. And what right. are the chances of him doing that tonight? So, yeah. Right. I mean, I guess it, it almost could happen just because he's very weird when he uh, as far as songs he chooses to pick up out of nowhere. Yeah. After 30 years of never playing them. Yeah. But I would never expect that. Um, 
I don't want to let go of the fact because you did a solid, I want to say 20, 25 minutes mm. of uh, yelling about mm. Yonder as an institution oh gosh, and claiming yeah. it's a front. It's or, a front. Oh, sorry, a mon- yeah, money laundering front. I, I did say For that. what I don't know, I mm. think you might fundamentally not understand what money laundering is. No, no, no. I see. They, they're. I, I envision <laughs> it as taking advantage of Bob Dylan. So like okay. he, he's being told that I don't want cell phones in the. Co- okay, so now we're going to make this company. I've got connections with the beer koozie business. Mm. Let's take the beer koozies, glue them together, and put a fake lock on them. I saw those locks one time when I stole clothes from The Gap. (laughs) So I want to combine those things. Bob, it's going to cost about a million dollars to implement this policy. He's like, cool, we got it. That million dollars, that's legitimate, is going into a fake company called Yonder who sells beer koozies to other venues. We'll never see Yonder again. Yonder was invented by Bob Dylan's team. Bob Dylan maybe is in the... This would be to get money to the Bahamas. This is to get like a cool mill straight up, paying this fake company. It's a shell set up in Jamaica, set up in the Bahamas. <laughs> the money goes over there and it sits tax-free. It's just there. It's a, it's a, it's money laundering. <laughs> that is money laundering. That is how money la- gets laundered. Um, and I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It doesn't cost... It doesn't cost us anything more, we think. Mm. But I wonder how much that ticket price went up. Well, I wonder what on the menu went up for Yonder to exist. You were also pretty convinced that this is an anti-bootlegging measure, which is possibly true. Do you think that there's a world where it's just his preference? Like Bob Dylan's like really cell phone adverse and just doesn't want it around, which I kind Mm. of respect. I mean, it definitely, Mm, as someone who's not a person who looks at their phone all the time, Mm. I I. You know, I can very much get channel the you know yeah. the zone of like ah oh, goddamn kids are on their phone all the time. I feel that very yeah. desperately sometimes. So yeah, I've come full circle on it. Like the yonder, I feel bad because there's no way to police it, and this is like in all seriousness probably the only thing you can really do. Um, we sort of commented on when we were going to the show. I got an email where it's like it's easier to print out your tickets, and it didn't occur to me that it's probably now I understand it's the yonder thing because it's actually you have a printed ticket. Because on oh, your phone you can't of, look at your and, phone. Right, so, but before we thought of that, though, yeah. we did. We were like, "Oh, it's just hard to turn up the brightness for old people on their phones." Or you know, it takes them a while. Like if they had it on their email, it might take them a while to go through their phone to figure it out. And, Something. And if you're doing, even if it only took that person one minute to find the email, well, if you're doing that two thousand seven hundred and seventy-eight times, totally. or have, what the capacity is, that's like too many fucking times. Amen. And then I got to thinking, I was like, okay, that's unfair to our older brethren. They know what they're doing. But they might not, they might mess up on the fucking flash. Like, I mean, so that's what I kind of came down to was like, I don't know if you can trust people there in a small enclosed venue to not accidentally flash with a camera Bob Dylan. Like, that would suck. Bob Dylan is an old man and we do not need flash photography startling him and having him run away you know we don't want the show to end like i mean a Sasquatch in the i don't know i don't know how to really talk about it because that's is that could be totally wrong but it might my assumption is i get it you want to take away the phones i i, I loved looking down and seeing everyone wrap it wrapped w- watching bob dylan yeah and there was no one taking Filming. a photo above their head and it, i would have i could not have resisted the urge i would have absolutely done it i mean i think we're all we're most people are good about it yeah you get your couple and you, you get your like... couple and you do it a couple times in the show and you know um but uh, yeah there would definitely be somebody there filming it and you know somebody was i mean somebody definitely snuck in a phone someone definitely recorded that concert and this I, is not what people would be it. clamoring for i wouldn't think you know no 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 so i think it, I, it's got to be that because i wonder if yonder wouldn't show up in bend 
like an outdoor venue, right? right. It's not going to affect Bob in the way that it would at the Schnitzer. Like a, a nice, in, intimate-ish. You know, it's like an opera house. You know, the crowd was older. There, there were people but that left. But it really ran and, the gamut. There was a lot of people our age and even younger. Yeah, we're we're thirty five for the you know in, in our mid thirties. Um, yeah, there were definitely people that were our age. I don't know about like younger, younger than us. Like I didn't see any kids there. I saw. Well, I mean, I did see literal children that were you know oh, the kids, children, children, of, children. But uh, there's a couple of people in their t- early twenties. Early twenties, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. And there's always going to be Bob Dylan fans, and that was a great turnout. I think Portland's a great city for music and people and i think it depends on where you are you know mm-hmm. hearing shows before this in spokane and um um kennewick you know were a little more dead a little more older i think that tracks mm-hmm. just based on where that is and where where that is in washington and portland is just a it's a nice city and it's got a lots of young people so i think it's bound to happen the crowd was excellent i mean every review that i saw um, before we get into the song by song, it was awesome. I thought the crowd was awesome, very receptive, lots of wooing, you know, hitting on the good lyrics when he would when he would give the line. It's like, you know, it was great. <laughs> and there were just so, so many fun moments where Bob starts clapping, and it's just like that was a weird moment collectively where do we clap along? Of course not. We just let Bob weirdly clap, you know, five beats and then go back to playing the piano. <laughs> Those kind of moments kind of happened sporadically throughout the night, and I thought it, it made for a, a pretty magical experience. Um, yeah, for me, it, it had been, I, I saw him in Kansas City in 2010, and I saw him in Norfolk in 2007, um, and that was cool. He played guitar um, in 2007, but I don't know if he played guitar in 2010, but surprisingly, he did play guitar tonight, um, which I was... Um, I don't say I wouldn't say I'm surprised by. I don't keep up with every single show the man does, but um, you know everybody online was stoked, yeah. and it was so cool um, to have him to have him play guitar. Mm-hmm. We love to see it, but it was weird. Did you find it weird that they kept the lights on? Yeah, for a lot the of lights it? were on for the the whole thing. Actually, the lights, the very beginning of the show was was interesting because the the EQ was messed up. Um, yeah, or so, Bob just wasn't on the mic. There was a yeah. moment where we, everybody, I, I saw people looking at their partners next to them, and were like, "Oh no!" Because, because Bob, mic you was could not super hear, low. you couldn't hear him. Uh, so, but the, yeah, the lights were almost completely out, and you could you could barely hear him. It also started with like a an elongated uh, instrumental thing where they were just kind of literally just riffing and playing around, Which and was Bob awesome. was on the guitar during that part. Um, so before, right when he got on the piano and began to sing, you could not hear him. Yeah. And then something happened either, like you said, he just got up further on the mic or the person doing the sound in the booth was like, fuck, 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 and pushed the, Turn the it dial up. up really Turn quick. it up. Outside of that, though, the schnitzer is world class. Absolutely wonderful. But I thought Bob was crystal clear for what that means for Bob Dylan. Yeah. I thought his voice was first and foremost. There, it just it was great, it and was it wasn't great. too loud, which I was I surprised about. God, after doing too many shows, mm. all of two at high watermark in Portland, where the sound is literally the it, it is the loudest venue I've ever heard in my oh, entire yeah, life. We went to that metal it, show. It yeah, is a, maybe a thousand square foot room, maybe, and it's uh, it will blow your face off, not mm. in a good way. They they give out earplugs. It's like a nightmare in that. room. You feel it in your heart. Yeah, it's, it like fucks with your heart, but yeah. it, it's not okay. So being at you know like on a professional level, Bob Dylan tier. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that loud, man. It no. just doesn't have to be that loud. Which is great. And that was that was really great. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we could just start with it and we'll talk about the show and kind of what we noticed and saw as we as we go along, if that works for you. Just go through song by song. Yeah. So, uh, this, again, it's the same set list that he's been playing now for quite a long time. So no surprises are going to be here, but uh, I think we'll have some different opinions. Uh, and I think the internet is like 
I, I do want to listen to this again, so I can't wait to find this bootleg. I know it's been bootlegged, Bob. Uh, we start with watching the river flow, and again, Bob on guitar. So that is something new that hasn't happened in a while. Um, I don't want to overhype it because I'm sure he has kind of dabbled here and there. But everyone on the internet was pretty enthused, and I was it kind of like washed over me. I kind of didn't know what I was watching at first because it was pretty dark, and I didn't realize Bob was mm-hmm. there. I didn't know which one was Bob, mm-hmm. you know. Well, yeah, it was Until all it in the back out. with everyone else. It was all in the back with everyone else. And then it was like, oh, cool. And I just thought it was like a neat, cool. And when I saw him in 2007, he was mostly playing piano, but he played the first four songs on guitar. So I was like, cool, you're just kind of here. You just kind of riffed. And then you came and sang, which was great. What do you think about watching the river flow? Uh, I know that song. We've yeah, done that song. We did do so that, that song. Was that was really episode 52? Yeah. Uh, it, I, I didn't really have a lot to say about that, honestly. Oh, did you really not? You took yeah. copious notes. I you did. were You were always jotting down. <laughs> I, I want to imagine that people thought you were, if somebody saw you maybe writing, uh, let us know, but uh, maybe that you were a reporter. You know, you're you're writing for the Portland Mercury and you're like, <laughs> this is my official review. It's good. Yeah, I mean, that, that song was fine. I was mostly just like trying to take in all the stuff. The fact that like it was really dark and then the light came up subtly that you don't even notice and then it just stayed on. I thought maybe it was like they were doing something and it would go back out. Yeah. But it just stayed weirdly bright. I've never been to a show that bright. Yeah. Maybe it's, I mean, I'm sure it's much easier for Bob to see when it's not pitch black up there. And, and all of the audience yeah. as well. The audience did, for what it's worth, come and go so much yeah, they did. that it like, it was so bizarre. And again, most of the shows we go to are standing. Mm-hmm. So, you, a, you so would notice that way less. You just wouldn't notice yeah. it. You know, people literally can just come and go. So this was just uh, a bit much on the mm-hmm. constant movement for people. I still don't know. And I'm curious who left early and why. I would love to know those reasons. Uh, or it's just we're rich and we just fuck it we just come to see two minutes and we leave like yeah. it was weird it, a lot of people left at weird times but i i really enjoyed the first one i thought it set the tone for everything um and it just it felt good you know i love the, the song is good um it's not a favorite of mine by any means but i think it was on shadow kingdom and like the shadow kingdom versions i mean watching that now multiple times and i listen to that pretty regularly i love I love those renditions and uh, this is what opens that. And it's like, I have such a soft spot for the song that I kind of didn't like. I think if we go back and listen to that song, I don't think we were very kind. I don't think I was very kind. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was our first episode of our springtime slide into summer. Remember (laughs) we never, we never followed up on a part two, maybe someday. Um, But yeah, it's pretty good. And then we went to uh, one that we listened to in the car. We put on, I put on like a shuffle of, Bob Dylan's like set list songs that he's been doing over the last couple of years. And most likely you'll go your way and I'll go mine. You, you put you, that album version on in the car right before we got there. And I was like, oh, God, I don't like this song. That's right. This song makes me sick. That There's something about that. It very like makes mm-hmm. me kind of nauseated. But then the Shadow Kingdom version, this oh. aka this version, is really good. We should stop before wonderful. we go any yeah. further and talk about personnel because... There was other people up on that stage with Bob Dylan. Oh, absolutely. We've got a couple, uh, you know, all-timers. Uh, Tony Garnier on the bass, stand-up bass. Yep, stand-up bass. He played electric uh, bass for a couple plays electric bass, too, but... and that's when you know it's yeah. rocking. So, again, the, the language of the show helped a lot as you went along. Because when that dude went for that, you're like, we're about to, like, go off. <laughs> uh, like, got to serve somebody and stuff. It's like, oh, this is about to pop off, and it does. And you're like, yes, d- Tony, this is excellent. <laughs> uh, and then Donnie Heron, of course, is on the violin. Electric mandolin, the steel. The you know, slide you for, the, for the most part, sitting there with the, the lap steel and the, the pedal and all of that. So, yeah, he is, he's been doing this for 20 years now, too. Um, and he was excellent. So when he would get up and play, 
the mandolin or the fiddle mm-hmm. or whatever, or whatever he's doing, fucking uh, fire. Um, there's Bob Britt and Doug Lancio. Was it oh, right. Bob? There were three. Yeah. And, and then, also yeah, Bob. Yeah, because Tony, it was the drummer, the drummer who is um, uh, Charlie Drayton on drums. And then next to him was Tony on the bass. And then next to him, I believe, the was Bob, Bob Britt, I want to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of the lead guitar. Yeah, yeah. He kind of took a couple leads. Um, he took especially the... Uh, he played uh, the acoustic guitar. He's the only one that played the yeah, acoustic Yeah, played the acoustic, which was fantastic. And he, the good by Jimmy Reed, Little Lick. I really yeah. loved um, them doing that. It sounded excellent. And then uh, you cross over Bob in the center, and then you go over. I assume that that's Doug Lancio, although it could be the two swapped. Yeah. And Donnie Heron is on the far right, um, yeah. sitting to the sides, kind of like Donnie's looking at um, Charlie on the drums, and then Bob is in the middle. I, I liked it. it was, that was a nice little... Little setup. Aesthetically, they all were wearing like they were all wearing all black, just kind of like button-down yeah, shirts right. with with black slacks. And then the the guy that was we we're not sure who he was. The guy next to the drummer, who was like the lead guitarist, mm. he was playing like a, a Telecaster for most of the songs. Um, oh, that would be Doug then. That yeah, because he because Bob at the end uh, said uh, Doug Lancio on the Fender. Gotcha. So yeah. All right. So Bob Britt is maybe the one by Donnie behind him. Gotcha. So the, the Fender. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he so did Doug. change. He did have. Three, three or four guitars because it was at one point he was playing a, a V-shaped, not like a flying oh, I V. I saw but that. I saw that come out. I was like, Bob, Bob, give it to Bob, <laughs> give it to Bob. And Bob was wearing a like a, a black suit jacket with black slacks, and then like um a black blouse. Uh, that, there's only one way to describe mm-hmm. that shirt, and it's a blouse mm-hmm. with like a nice little pattern on it. And he's just he's so Adorable. small. He's so small. Some of the songs he would come out and stand. I know. Oh, he's, he's so just... small. Just a little guy. Now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm like. That was great. That was a great job. <laughs> but I, I loved I loved that um that guitarist guy, the main guy. Say his name again. Uh Doug Lancio, I believe, is who we're talking okay. about. Okay. Um his he had this flat brimmed black hat. I can't I don't want to know it's not a swag man hat, but it's like a very specific hat that's not a cowboy hat. It's a flat brimmed thing yeah. that was rocking it. And he had this very Josh Ami energy first. Mm. Like the way he stood, like his feet were pretty wide apart and he just like had just a like, like commanding. Yes. You know, just, yeah, commanding great it. word for it. So yeah. that was a, a definitely a presence. We love to see it. And him and the the drummer were seemed a lot younger yeah, yeah. than the other guys. The drummer for sure is like the youngest. And I thought he he held his sticks uh, like a traditional jazz yeah. player. So that was pretty cool cuz like we go to all of those shows we go to a rock shows. Yeah, so yeah. everyone's holding their sticks like they're fucking, you know, a fork and a knife and a hillbilly right. like cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was like finesse. The yeah. drummer was great. It was beautiful. I thought they were all great. And musically, oh, yeah. it was like very uh, diverse as well. And yeah, they did a great job for kind of like standard arrangements. Like we'll kind of say a little bit later that it got a little samey and a little bit, you know, sleepy at times. But I thought they did enough to change up the tempo, which was nice. Mm. And, and starting with watching the river flow, which is now kind of like a, a slower dirgy. And then to kind of go to most likely you'll go your way and I'll go mine. Was pretty great. That version was uh, was great. I enjoyed that. Oh yeah, the this was the first, but not the last song where Bob's vocals were pretty nuts uh, to the point where you thought he was just going to stop singing because of the way he delighted, delighted, delayed, delayed the the vocals. Right. So at the end, where it's right before he says, "Most likely, you're time will tell who will say and who, who's, who's been, been left, left behind. behind," and then he just stopped. And like the music's going, but but he should have said, "You'll go your way, and my go, my, I'll go mine." Four measures ago, right. but then he does it on the second time around. <laughs> like he, I really thought he wasn't going to say it. Yeah, no, he, I mean he definitely along pretty much every song took uh, he took huge liberties with 
with that and just letting the beats continue and then mm-hmm. filling it in. Which again, for any long term Bob Dylan fan, listener, you understand. Like the, that's what makes it hard. It makes it hard until you get a grip on what song is being played. That alone can throw you off forever. Until and especially if there's not a chorus or something discernible, right. then you're just like, what is he saying and why? What is this cadence? How is he throwing these words together like that? And I mean, that was just a tough barely. One. That's the thing. Barely. Just and he was doing a lot of piano improvisa- improvisation too, which he did on all the songs. Uh, some too not not so successful, but this one was good. This one was really good. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, some of them are again a little samey, but like, yeah, this one was great, and this one like lingered and kept going, and I was so into it. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. And it was a version I've just never heard before because I try not to just like listen to every bootleg or anything. So it's, mm. this is great. It was really, really fun. Uh, and then we get into stuff that I definitely have not heard um, yeah, much of. Uh, most of Rough and Rowdy Ways from uh, 2020. So like I Contain Multitudes followed by False Prophet. I liked I Contain Multitudes a lot mm-hmm. because. I forgot that it does that thing. It tricked me for a second. I thought he was going to play Murder Most Foul because, as my revelation, as we talked about on our episode about Rough and Round Ways, the end of Murder Most Foul is the beginning of I Contain Multitudes, which is very fucking cool. So I'm very excited for that for a second because I do like that song. But I also really like this song. So that was great. Could you imagine a 17-minute song just all of a sudden? I, th- I mean, why not? They why all, not? Some of them were. Some of them got long. pretty long. Some of them almost got there. Yeah, I Contain Multitudes was great. Bob uh, on the piano was beautiful. And, and the bowed bass, man. I know, like, he, I know, he busted yeah, that out for a couple songs, but mm. that was the first. It's like so impactful. Just, mm, yeah. Just big notes. Yeah. Very, very cool. I thought his vocals, too, like took a step up. Almost like he just identifies with these songs a lot more. Mm. I thought every version of. He took some liberties with the timing again with his vocals, but like that was a good one. That was a consistent one, almost album quality. And he just delivered it. Like, I could understand him lovely. no problem. Like I, yeah. I can't. I understood him as much as I do on the album. Like okay. I don't think that it being live because the sound quality was so good, like the production, yeah. like whatever they did when they figured out the mix. I Excellent. I understood him as much as I did when I listened to Rough Rowdy Ways, which is I get like eighty percent of it. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I'm. Sh- I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I mean, I thought he was great for that. And uh, False Prophet was definitely more uh, of a rocker, and Bob doing that. He definitely extended that song quite long, mm-hmm. um, uh, just to give Bob the time to shine, which I'm. I'm here for. So, no notes. The crowd was uh, responded um, incredible to that. I was worried that we were gonna do at the end like a 20 minute guitar riffing session because they did jam, but they thankfully only jammed for like eight bars. Yeah, yeah. But this song is such a standard, you know, blues, that, yep. the 12-bar blue thing, whatever. So it's not the most exciting thing, but it did it good, you know? Yeah. I, I like what he said. I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, this was a great one for the crowd. You know, a lot of good one-liners that, you know, you kind of, Oh, yeah, this yeah. was the one that you're saying that we, he, he did his little solo. It wasn't the most flashy, like you said. It's not, like, something intense. No. Pretty laconic, but he didn't drop a note. Like, he did not misplay no. note. His, his guitar playing is so technically good. Yeah. So it's absolutely solid. He's not shredding. He's not shredding. He never was so a shredder. Solid. Yeah. So no, why would we expect him to shred? I mean, you don't have to shred to be good at guitar. Yeah, Being technically proficient is what makes you, you know, quote unquote good at guitar, depending on what you want. Absolutely. What I'm saying, if you want to be a, a technical musician. And I think Bob is over any sense of being anything but himself. Yeah. So uh, a highlight for me Oh, well, uh, next next one up here, uh, Bob on the guitar and the piano as well, When I Paint My Masterpiece. 
a great song. Oh, yeah. Um, that's when he picked up the fiddle, the uh, slide guitar guy. Yeah. For the first time. Oh, yes, yes. Donnie Huron. Yep. So mm-hmm. uh, that was that was another highlight for me, too. That was that was a really beautiful rendition of it. People were pretty into it, actually. And it's easy because we just get a When I Paint My Masterpiece end, so you know we're either like going to another musical interlude, so you get to have your woos. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I thought that was really good. I don't know if you had any notes for that. It's got a, There was a walking bass line throughout, like really mm-hmm. bouncy. That Any of that's going to keep it driving. It makes it just have, feel more like it has more energy no matter what. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, Telecaster guy. They're not going to have names, I'm sorry. Duck. Telecaster guy changed to Duck. an acoustic guitar for the first time. I mean, I know that was an instrument change. Yeah, good. No, the um, that acoustic guitar was gorgeous. Uh, I really, really enjoyed Black Rider. It's, um, to me, a second tier on Rough and Roundy Ways. It's, a, it's fine. It's a fine song. But Bob's delivery, this is him solo, center stage. Fucking great. Every time he finished a, a line delivery, like at uh, the end of the verse, he just like stood with his legs out and like propped up his arm and like looked out. He at was us. holding the, the mic in the stand for yeah, like most stand. of the yep. song, which was intense because he's so tiny. And then he just stares out at us and then starts up again. Yeah. And I just, I fucking loved it. And like the size of your cock landed for the crowd. Like it was good. And that one was like impeccable, Bob. Uh, vocals. Like, I mean, just like because the music was so. Low. Yes. So let me quote uh, Daniel mm. twice during the song. Mm, First, quote, note the stance. Note the stance? So I noted I the stance. Nice. I, I just wrote note the stance. Hell That's yeah. how I noted it. Fuck yeah. Uh, and then also, get ready for the big cock. We were ready for the big cock. And yes. you had to say that to me three times. I, you were just like, get ready for the big cock. And I was like, what are you talking about? Get ready for the big cock. I was like, who's cock? What are you? Stop saying cock to me. Bob. What are you fucking saying? Bob's going to whip it out. <laughs> and then I to realize, oh, the line is oh. the size of your cock won't uh, get you nowhere. That's it. That's it. Or we'll get you nowhere. Whatever. Again, I just sometimes I'm like, do do you go puritanical? Do you not say things like that? Mm-hmm. Do you censor? Is he going to rewrite the line? I got excited. I'm like, is he a little too cringy to say it? I mean, I don't think that's cringe. I think it's great. No, no, it's great. Uh, but even the crowd was into it. Like, I'm sure some of them hadn't heard Rough and Runny Ways. They're just here for the vibes. But it, the song, you know, is like, stay away from my wife. I'll kill you. Oh, you yeah. Know, all of that. And so everyone was like blah, blah, laughing blah, 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 and following blah, blah, blah. along. You know, they're like. Oh, this is a very compelling narrative that I'm following. So I, I, I don't know. I was very engaged with the crowd at that moment. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, next song is "I'll Be Your Baby Tonight." Bob back on the piano now for for a while. So actually for the rest of the show. Um, excellent. Uh, one of the one of my favorites as well. This is the first time that Tony Garnier switched to the electric bass, I believe. Yeah. Oh, this was a driver. Yeah. Um, this is the first time I noticed that at least, and it was like, let's fucking go. Oh, and this is the first time we noticed the interpreter on. This, yeah, very important. Yeah. Very important. And I'm sure that she or, or like, the service is offered at most places, or maybe not. I guess Portland is Portland. Know. But, like, if you haven't had an interpreter at a show, they are... F- American Sign Language interpreter, just... So yes, sorry. Yes. yes. Uh, doing, uh, not only mimicking, you know, and telling the words, mm-hmm. you know, but mimicking just like playing piano and fucking like guitar. Yeah. And, and they're shredding. I mean, Air she piano, was, air guitar. Air piano, air dancing guitar. Dancing the whole time. Dancing the whole time. I'm just, I have so many questions and we were too far to see any of the signs, but I just want to know how you say Luxembourg and stuff in like two seconds. You know, how do you, <laughs> how do you convey a feeling like that? I'm sure you can. I know you can because it's a robust language like all languages, but like how, how do you do this? I fucking love it. So uh, I, I found myself after you mentioned her, which I don't know if I would have even noticed. I found myself constantly watching her because she's so fun and you know, they don't move that much, our friends up on the stage. Yeah. So you can take your eyes off of them a little but bit. But I don't know and why I would have nice... looked up. Like, I didn't even notice the sound booth guy was also on the stage know, right in there. the little corner. In the little corner, yeah. So that was, I don't know why it took me so long to notice her, but then I don't know why I did notice mm. her. I think it was just because, oh, I think because Bob hit a ton of wrong chords. 
something very weird was happening with the piano. Either the tone of that piano, it's just like a regular like upright piano. I don't, I don't know. But sometimes it sounded so discordant. And I was like, this can't not be on purpose. I, I think it's the man has been playing the piano for longer than I've been alive. Yes. I don't think he's accidentally mangling these chords, but it sounded really bad. I this wasn't the worst example of it. Great. All of the discordance not for me. was beautiful and just felt intentional. Did not like. This was also playing. the song that he tried to start his manic uh, clapping on. Oh, this is... Uh, that was bizarre. Yeah, I already kind of alluded to it, but yeah, he just starts clapping. <laughs> like... Couldn't follow the rhythm. Mm-hmm. We wanted to. He wanted us to clap along, and I wanted to clap along. But dear God, he could not start us off. I had no idea what was going on, and I just knew it would stop. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't. We don't need to it contribute didn't even to this. Really start never, because it, no one could understand. And no, no. What was there was about. a moment of collective exaltation from the crowd. Like everyone was like, "This is our time to shine with Bob Dylan." Every single person had that thought. And then it just died as quick as Bob mm-hmm. was done clapping. Like, mm-hmm. it was just, what a weird collective moment to share. Uh, I will never forget that moment in between claps from Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Because he just had us all by the hook. <laughs> but we couldn't, like, do anything. We not a, to. Not a single we person could could get one clap in or along. Because you just knew it was fruitless. Yeah. But you could, but at that moment, I actually was like, this dude's having a ton of fun. Like, some people have, you know, I've read reviews of shows where he's like, you know, the band kind of seems out of it and tired. And every review so far that I've read this morning notes, I mean, they've been to other shows and they're like, they they seem to like get a great night's sleep because oh, like good. every they were partying, man. I thought that they all seemed like they were having a ton of fun, Maybe and especially Bob, Bob. Portland, who knows? Or he just again woke up and really got a good meal in. And do you know the last time he was here? Uh, I probably would have been here in twenty. 20- Night, probably in 2019 or 2018. I feel like mm-hmm. we would have went if he was here. Yeah. I just don't think that you in good conscience, after starting this podcast, could let us pass by an opportunity to see him. So looking it up, it looks like the last time he was like in Portland, Portland, not at like Edgefield or out in like um, the Gorge or something like right. that. Uh, just ben, looking, yeah. looking at Portland, Oregon, it looks like Keller uh, on the 21st of October. Of 2014. 2014. Oh, 2014, yeah. Anyways, yeah, there was definitely no real chance for us to go. I mean, even the 2020 show we uh, bought tickets for was in Washington. So it was outside Oh, right, of, that's right, yeah. I think it was like Kennewick or, or somewhere Wasn't around Richfield? there. Or Richfield, yeah. Going I'm up. just saying, we wouldn't have had an opportunity to see him basically till now. We did not, yeah, till 2014. Not a convenient one. Not a convenient one. Or, uh, or like an obvious one, yeah. I mean, and it's also true that like, again, it's like 2014, that was a crazy year for us anyway, but we weren't even doing the podcast. You left uh, to travel the world. You know, and then we started doing the podcast. Since the podcast, for sure, he hasn't really been in the area or even close. I mean, again, it's that West Coast thing where it's like he's been all the way over there multiple times. And it's like, oh, we just get fucked over. Mm-hmm. And then 2020, it was going to be the year of like West Coast fever. Mm-hmm. And then everyone got got the, the, the coronavirus. <laughs> Remember the coronavirus? And that, that's why he's doing it now. I mean, there's like yeah. five dates in Los Angeles. Like yeah. So, I mean, he's making up for lost time, yeah. which is cool. And that's totally fair. But, yeah, so this is the first real time that we've gotten to see him. And Keller. Keller's yeah. actually only 100 or 200 people bigger than Schnitz. Really? Yeah. I looked it up. Wow. So I was surprised. Portland Don't get stuff. Into Portland stuff. We love it. Uh, okay. Moving on. I'll Be Your Baby Tonight. Did we talk about that? Oh, yeah. That's where he played the guitar. Yes. Uh, after I'll Be Your Baby, uh, my own version of you. This one was really fun to watch, um, the um, interpreter, because you're doing, like, um, Scarface and Brando, and how do okay. you convey Marlon Brando in signs? I don't know. Um, but I love that song, and I thought the rendition was fa- fabulous. 
this song is awesome and I forgot it existed. Yeah. This is one of the spooky songs on mm-hmm. Off and Right Away. I love a good spooky song. Build a robot commando. Robo- she did a little oh, robot. Right. She did, did a little she? robot. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> That's very cute. Those are the ones. Oh, I yeah. This is the one where there was almost no instrumentation. They really did a great job with dynamics where they backed off the whole band at one point, almost like disappeared, except for Bob and the piano. It was just so light, like the guy's barely touching the drums with yeah. the brushes. It was uh, very, very cool. And then right before the last verse, everybody kicked back in. And it was super duper effective, and I loved it. You know, and I was uh, when the band came back in for that end little bit. I wish it would have lasted a little bit longer because I really enjoyed it coming yeah, back in. But exactly. I was impressed. It was a great little spin on it, and that song is awesome. That song is awesome. Uh, the next song also from Rough and Rowdy Ways, Crossing the Rubicon. This one did feel quite long. Um, yeah. It is a long song to begin with, and it uh, you know just it didn't have the same uh, dynamicness, dynamism. If that's the word dynamism, as uh, my own version of you, which sounded like the record, but also had like those flashes of like, we're trying something new. I don't know. Crossing Rubicon was okay. I don't really have anything in my head. Uh, this was the first one I was like, uh oh, we're getting sleepy. Uh, and there was a lot of more of that discord and stuff from Bob. But then he also went ham on the piano for mm, a second. He was like, bum, 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 bum. I was like, okay, all right, I'm awake. And then uh, we went right back to sleep. Oh, no, I don't know about that. Because a great version of To Be Alone With You, Bob on the Piano, this is where we upbeat it up again for that. I don't know what your notes say about To Be Alone With You. My only note is that the acoustic guitar and the fiddle are back, and I'm still bored. Oh, no. no definitely not bored. <laughs> great, great version of that. Uh, personal favorite of mine, one of the best songs on Rough and Rowdy Ways, Key West, Philosopher Pirate. Loved, wa- again, Luxembourg. I, I watched... Our interpreter mm. uh, a lot during this one because I just wanted to see how you convey Luxembourg and Key West and concepts mm. that I'm too stupid to understand because I do not speak the language. Um, but th- I thought the song was was excellent and I had um, that kind of up and down feel as far as I remember. It was loud and it was soft and I'm sure that this did not help your sleepiness though. Well, I didn't. I don't love the song. Period. Like I don't think I liked it on the album either. But. Uh, I, the the bass. So we, like um, Tony went back to the string, the standing bass. Yeah. Um, and he was playing with a bow, but he was playing really staccato notes, which is interesting because usually, you know, mm. if you want a short note, you're just gonna pluck them with your fingers. Right. But so it was like, like do, this do, fun, do, yeah, do, which is do, yeah. neat because I don't understand how string instruments work. So that's cool when you can make sounds like that. Yeah. Um, I wrote something that I can't read. I'm don't. surprised that I can't read more of this because it was kind of dark, and oh, yeah. I was writing on a water bottle, and I was drunk. <laughs> um. Turned into a common in D. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. For some reason, and I don't remember this being like this on the album, so I think it was just something they were doing for fun because, you know, you get bored. Let's just do something. Sure. There were parts of the song that turned into canon and D, like Pocketball's canon and D. For a second, Bob just went, dun, 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 dun. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Where are we? And it happened like two or three times. Also, this is the first time I noticed that oh. there was more than one interpreter. Only one at a oh, time, but yeah, they were yeah. switching off. Switching off, I know. Yeah, and I was like, who is this imposter? She's not as good, but she did air guitar, and I liked that. Yeah, I know. We, uh, this podcast is basically about the interpreters. Now. I know. And if you are names. the interpreters, please get in touch. I mean, uh, it's just so fun. And if you're on the tour with Bob, that's even cooler. I so hope cool. so. I know. I do wonder if that was something supplied by the Schnitz or if that's someone they bring with them. Which would be cool 
regardless, actually. I, mm-hmm. I would enjoy that. Um, Got to serve somebody. Uh, I really The crowd was super into this one. Uh, this is, is kind of, people probably knew this. Um, this did win a Grammy. Uh, oh, yeah. For what it's worth, 1970. Best rock vocals from Bob. Wow. Um, I mean, the song is super famous, and I thought he did an excellent job. And I thought that is... Um, the delivery was great. The quiet into the fucking rocking out. I remember thinking, okay, we're just going to do this weird Bob on a piano, very somber, hardly any instrumentation. And then I saw our drum, drummer, Charlie, getting ready with the sticks. And I'm like, he's not about to. He's not about to. <laughs> and then just ba ba ba, And we just kick right in. I was like, this is, yeah, this is a highlight for me. I really enjoyed that. Most of this episode, we should just re-record it. It was Tony Garnier that was wearing the hat, not the guitarist guy. Yeah, way to go. I was just a fool. I was a fool. I even wrote a note. Tony's hat must be mentioned. Clint was Eastwood-ish flat-brimmed hat. (laughs) So, uh, at some point, we it was either right before this song or right after another whatever, we had to stand up because people in our row wanted to get out. Oh, right, yeah. And oh, yeah. my drink got knocked over. These are the important moments of the show. Everybody, my drink was twenty two dollars. That's true. I didn't lose all of it, but I lost most of it. And I feel like Bob Dylan owes me twenty two dollars. It's the takeaway. No, from he that. owes you like eighteen. People were really stoked for "Got to Serve Somebody." I think they knew it was coming, and they were just really excited. And yeah, the the dynamics, it, it kind of like the other the spooky song that I forgot about the name of. Whatever, my own version of you. There you go. Um, the the rest of the band was just kind of there as an accent. It was really like he was mm. playing and singing by himself, and it was just like um, every chord shape. They would just hit that note for a second, they would go ting, and then Bob would do the ting. They were really just there and to then, add a little effect. Bah, 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 bah. And the whole band came in. The whole good. band came in. Um, I keep saying a personal favorite, but my actual favorite, um, because Bob Dylan singing is perfect, and anybody who disagrees me with me needs to go into a yonder bag. I've made up my mind to <laughs> give myself... Into the yonder bag. Into the yonder bag. I've made up my mind to give myself to you. I think that his, like, the vulnerability of his voice, I mean, especially the first note on the recorded version, I'm like, you probably just phoned in a take here, but, like, it really works well. And his singing was just... Uh, he just doesn't do the elongation of the lines, like, actually trying to sing. Not really what Bob even does. He did. He did hear. And it was really affecting. It was probably the only moment of the show that I like was like I could see myself getting like choked up by this. Like you could, I could feel the goosebumps going. It was really great. I really loved it. I agree. Yeah. He was standing and singing with this one again. Oh yeah, because only I think there's only two songs where he solidly just just sang. No, them. but he, then he did go walk over to the piano. Okay, yeah. yeah. Whatever, but he just stood and sang for a while. Which and was And he awesome. did hold those notes. He even did like a mini run. He even like, ah, which was really impressive. Mm-hmm. And the interpreter, so emotional. Yeah, she was really getting into. She it. was getting into it. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that, you know, his voice is not for everyone, no. but he is trying. And that's <laughs> he nice. He is trying. And, uh, and the song is beautiful. It's, yeah. you know, I made it my mind to give myself to you. It's a, what a long title and just, it's a wonderful song. It's just really good. And I, it's, there's, of all the songs I want to re-listen to, that is easily number one. Like some of the moments are really cool. I want the musical moments. Not the coolest musical moment, but Bob's voice. I just want that version of Bob singing. Excellent. Yeah, oh, 
then we get the incredibly short, like to the point where I just thought I like fever dreamed it because everything here is like at least four or five minutes. And then we get melancholy mood from, uh, you know, the, the Frank Sinatra, the Sinatra era, um, early mid 2010s. Um, really great, great version. Um, wow. It was, it was there and it was gone and I really enjoyed it. It was, I really liked the song. I mean, I like him doing the standards because I just so like I. the you know genre style of music, whatever you want to say. Yeah. I would love to revisit those again. I mean, that was our sh- episode seven was triplicate. Like we haven't talked about well, any is, of those. Is the old... song on there? Uh, this I think that this one might be on. Um, yeah, well, it's either on Fallen Angels or the other one. I think oh, it's right, on right. one of the other ones, but because I this song was unfamiliar to me mm-hmm. and it had a little spooky element to it. Yeah. It also was kind of like. Uh, Stray Cat Strut or Ellie Cat Strut, whatever. Got mm. cat class and I got class. You know that song? I don't. You what? Really? Is this a jellical thing? Oh my god, how dare you say that word? Is this Alley Cat Strut? Yeah, there's like the Stray Cat Strut, Alley Cat Strut. Cat Strut. I don't wanna chase and dance around. It's like a I fucking. I don't know what you're saying. It's a swing zone. Sure. Like, a, put yourself in a zoot suit. Oh, I'll cast I'll, your mind back. I'll throw the song on. It's <laughs> happening right now. But it was a fun mix of, of that. And, yeah. and Bob was using the mic stand kind of to hold himself up a little bit during the song. But, you know, sometimes you need a little break. Because so I was so shocked during that one song where he grabbed the mic, the whole stand, and just held the mic stand aloft through, like, so much of the singing. And in this one, I was like, it was later in the night. We were almost done. Yeah. So he was kind of like, it looked as though he was using that to hold himself up. <laughs> Maybe. So, I don't know. But he's so little. I just feel so... He's such a... Just a little guy. He's like hunched over. Yeah. He's old. And I'm just really glad we went to go see... Okay, we gotta save the... Okay. No, it's... Let's it's, keep going. We're almost done. It's all true. Uh, a song that I d- don't really care for, and this version was... Uh, you know, it was fine. Like, actually, it was better than I thought it was gonna be. Mother of Muses. Bob Dylan back on the piano. Um, it is what it is. Mother of Muses. I'm gonna Calliope, play. sing to me. Cali- yeah, I, did. I wrote down Calliope. That's we funny. talked a lot about Calliope okay, yeah. because we did the Cali- Calio. Calio oh, yeah, Calio. Right, 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 yeah, right, yeah, so. yeah. Um, my, I'm going to quote myself. Play Must Be Santa. Oh, yes. I mean, that was <laughs> iconic. Uh, you didn't say that actually loud enough no, for no, anyone no. to hear. Just, just but, for Daniel. But in that moment, it's like, we know what's coming. Must Be Santa would definitely be better. And what a ballsy move that would be. I, I mean... <laughs> Do you think Bob could even rattle it off? Like, I don't think he could. I don't no. think he's got that in it's the It's a dome. lot of words, man. It's a lot. It's it was, also not Christmas time. So. This song was fine. Like, anytime that the, the bowed bass is so affecting. Mm-hmm. It, oh, that's, yeah. that's a manipulation machine right there. It that is. thing hits the right note and you feel like, and there's a fun plinky guitar. Fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. And then we get to uh, an, uh, another standout. I really enjoyed Goodbye, Jimmy Reed, mainly because that, that riff at the end of Goodbye, Jimmy Reed, Jimmy B. Reed, indeed. Uh, you know, give me that old time religion. It's just what I need. And then you get that. It was delayed. It was this beautiful delay. It's like, again, just he doesn't play the songs like the record. It's you just it's such a truism with Bob. But it's so fun to see how he even manipulates rough and rowdy ways, you know, two year old songs ostensibly and just like giving them a different kind of life. Like I loved that we took another beat or two before, he, you know, uh, Doug in this case, would just rush through the little quick, the quick riff. Yeah. I mean, this, this is like another standard blues rock. Blues rock. Yeah. And it's on rough and rowdy ways. So sometimes yeah. don't interest me, but, uh, I did write that the Telecaster guy switched to a Stratocaster. Oh, good. So that was, so, and then he, and then he rocked it with his riff and I enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, and then everyone was going nuts and, uh, lots of noise and, you know, it's hard to hear him say who the band is. Oh, I couldn't catch a word. On. I was like, oh, I'm ready. He's going to intro the band. And then it was. From what I understand, it said uh, Doug Luciano on the fi- on the Fender. 
And then he said we were a nice audience, and that was very sweet. Yeah. But, you know, he kind of says it's the same stuff. Um, we talked before the show, Ronnie Hawkins passed away, Bob Newworth passed away. If he would say anything or cover uh, the, one of Hawkins' songs, which he's done before, he he did not, uh, clearly. Uh, will he? It's unknown. At some point during the tour, you mean, or ever in his life? <laughs> well, I... I mean, ever in his life, right? I mean, the guys, <laughs> if he's just on the tour forever, yeah. I mean, he's definitely not changing it up. I mean, we talked about that too, the the variations upon the tours. Like, he was doing, you know, roughly like 100 songs for over a course of a year in 2012, you know, and now it's down to like genuinely 40 songs, you know, that he kind of is in the repertoire. Like, I mean, the, like early Roman Kings is a version that they did for the, I think, the first round of tour. So it's like there was a possibility of getting that song, that which is on Tempest, that we have not done. But there's only like four or five other songs that he really could like pull off right now, which is I, good or bad. It doesn't matter. But you got to respect the going in and just putting in the work and putting in a great, great performance. Yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of people who are Bob Dylan aficionados, it seems Portland uh, Portlanders or people coming for the show. I think this is going to be one you're going to remember for a long time. I mean, in a dark way, it, it could be one of your last that you'll see. So you got to always take a grain of salt on that. And uh, speaking of salt uh, and you mean, grains. You mean grains. Speaking of grains, uh, yes. Speaking <laughs> of uh, every grain of salt uh, is the new version of every grain of sand. Every every grain of sand, uh, a song that we did, uh, "Shot of Love." You were not too keen on. I think that this is a definite lyrical song that's going to be great when we talk about lyrics. Um, it's definitely one of his master works in general. Um, but you don't really get that from the show. It's like, again, this one's tough because unlike Gotta Serve Somebody with a very simple message but a lot of fun around it, Evergreen of Sand is, is very beautiful, very dense, and, and very lyrically forward. And I just don't know if Bob really chopped that, mm. like cut his teeth enough on that. To like understand all the lyrics and really take it all in. I definitely didn't catch any of the yeah. lyrics. All and you get every grain of sand. You got that refrain constantly, so that really helps you ground you in the song. And I thought that was fine, but I think there was definitely a vibe at the end where it's like everybody knew the set list and everyone knew it was ending. Ah. And uh, so I, I don't know. That last song felt weird because I think we all anticipated the Ronnie Hawkins thing, or like just one more song, you know. And I, honestly, I clapped my ass off at at the end because I was like, "This is going to will this man to an encore." I can do it. We can all do it. And we were all trying. And he did not do one. The lights came on so fast. That's the fastest I've ever seen lights come on after a show, I feel like. But it wasn't fast enough. I mean, we stood there clapping for at least one minute. That's true. Which was brutal. I wrote that it was soft and gentle and that he missed so many notes that, like, again, he's doing it on purpose. I guess they're not missed, but it sounded not great. It, like, I... Bob missed a lot of notes on the piano. Like, a lot. (laughs) To quote myself. Nice. (laughs) But it can't be. It can't be that. It he definitely just is. Picked that. them. He picked those notes. He did. He wasn't trying to hit other ones. He's trying. He, he picked no. those on purpose. Just because you're me. not feel. Yeah. Well, he's doing that to hurt you. He owes me twenty two dollars. But he's doing it to inspire and elevate my soul. And when he hits those notes, my soul goes to the rafters. It's so hot in this room. Don't owe you twenty two dollars. It's very hot in here. <laughs> so I hot. I don't know how you guys do Fucking it. Fucking sweating. So 
So we we so the, those are the songs that we did. Seeing Bob play the guitar is a definite highlight. I'm really happy that we did. Um, I, it's kind of a weird. I I don't really know how to ask a question like this, but like experience wise, where does it rate? And would you go and see Bob Dylan again? And if you would, would you want to see him outdoors? Would you want to see him smaller, bigger, that kind of thing? It was unique in a couple of aspects from any show I've been to. Mostly, as mentioned, the fact that the lights were on the whole time and that it wasn't loud. Was not. Which I was very shocked about. It was very subdued. I, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. I don't regret that we went at all. Everything was great. Like, I, the, the cost, I would expect that from anybody yeah, like, with a name that big. And even at, at the Schnitz period, I think you're going to pay more than any place you're going to go normally. Um, Agreed. I think the whole thing was fun. Trying to take notes at a concert is hilarious. That's I like that funny. there was no fun, phones involved. I, that was really cool. I, I'll, I'll look back more fondly on that yeah. as we continue on. Yeah. And... I, I, you know, I don't know that we'll get another opportunity to see him. Yeah. I think the dude is old. Unfortunately, people, you know, die all the fucking time and he's getting up there. So. Yeah, but he's always been getting up there. I think, <laughs> I think, I don't, I don't think this is at the end of us and Bob Dylan. Yeah. I think that we'll see him again. Would I go see him again? Absolutely. Just because I think we have to. I think it's contractually. Part of our job. It's part of the job. But would I go, if, if we did, never did this podcast, mm. would I go see him again? Yeah, well, circumstances would dictate. Yeah. Is it cheap tickets? Is it? But would you want to see him outdoors? Would that appeal to you? I mean, I kind of would. I, I that's one thing I haven't done. I've seen him. I've seen him in uh, you know big sort of uh, the, the Ted Constant Convocation Center, so like kind of a smaller stadium. And then I saw him at um, I forget the name of the club, a smaller, same sort of Schnitzer vibe in 2010. So I would love to see him. Not at a big arena, like not don't Moda Center me because I don't want to see him with like the Stones or whatever and like big tour. I don't care. I would actually pass on that, but I think I would like to see him outside. But I think the venue, like what we did, was kind of ideal, like small, yeah, pretty intimate, and you can control the phones, which was kind of great actually. Now that we're talking about it, I'm. So the only thing I can directly compare it to is Sarah McLachlan, not because it was also the Schnitz, but also because it's a more laid-back show, right? Mm, like, sure. sometimes she can get up there, just like Bob can get up there a little bit, sure, you know what yeah, I mean? Sure. But, like, pretty laid-back. It's a, you know, very lesbian fucking folk Sarah rock. McLachlan. It's, you know it's what you're Sarah McLachlan. It's And it was just her and one other woman occasionally mm. on a guitar. See? So, very pared down. But I was way more enraptured by that. I don't know just because I, like, I love her music and I'm more familiar with her stuff than, than Bob. Not that I don't like some of his stuff, but, like, He's not going to get me unless he's playing Girl from the North Country out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Sure. But I think, funnily enough, I think some of it was the fact that the lights were on because Mm. that – it's distracting. You can see every person moving person. around. Oh, like yeah. even if you're not actively looking at them, it you just pick up on it. It's something about you know when you're in that darkness, you have no choice but to focus on the thing that's lit up, which is the front of the stage, and that, like that's where all your focus gets to. It's just one of those sensory deprivation things where it allows you to yeah. enhance the the one thing that is happening because you can't see any of the other stuff going on. And right. that would have been ideal because it would have been Bob lit up and the interpreter lit up, right? And that's all we need, really. Yeah, so I think that took me out of it a little bit, like kept me from from you know like really locking in and getting any kind of emotional place. Yeah. But that's why I – but I'm glad we saw it there. Why I would say maybe not an outdoor venue because I think that would just be – A little more chaos talking. Yeah. Way more amplified, all that feeling of like so distracting. So oh, whatever. yeah. I guess that's fair. Can't focus. Too yeah. much going on. And you'd be so far away. It would be – unless you wanted to stand the whole time, which I do not because I am too old. And not at Bob Dylan. You would be so far away. Yeah. That you cannot really maybe. I mean, some just, of these places, yeah, you think you're far away, but you don't have to be. I mean, we were going to see them outdoors, and we were pretty good. Well, yeah. So you could you could just do that. Whatever. <laughs> what, I don't know. Well, you so out of the three times, do you have a favorite time? I mean, it's hard to go. It's hard to like. I was so Put close during the first show. I mean, it was like the first time again. The first time is always like 
the best, you know. But it's been so many years now, 2007. This is such a long time uh, that you just kind of like you naturally forget. And that one had openers. That we had Elvis Costello. Oh. We had um, uh, Amos Amos Lee, I believe this was Amos Lee, like a folk singer. Uh, sure. And that was cool. Like again, he had he had openers back in the day. You know, it's just that's weird now. It took his pop. It was just pop. And I respect it, and I love it. I like that um, a lot. About that's another unique thing. It it was just him. It was an hour and a half on the dot, basically, and he I just know. left. And he, and he was gone. <laughs> and he was done. Oh, and the ending when he left, I just I love that they just like me mugged for a minute. Oh like, yeah, they posing did. for a photo photo that nobody could take, which mm-hmm. is also like beautiful. It no was like one's you know the cast photo. at the end of the play gets all together so they can do their yeah. big bow. They just didn't bow. They just didn't bow. And yeah. Bob just looked menacing. Honestly, just like With just little hands the on little, his hips. little hand on the hip and just like. <laughs> Just staring out and like Dutch not moving. Didn't look like there was a smile and just walked away. I love it. Um, yeah, I would definitely go and see him again. Obviously, I mean, I would. I, would, I love. I mean, the idea of like following Bob around and uh, doing all of that. I don't know if that's all for me. I think that yeah. was something that I could have maybe done before. But again, as a Bob Dylan like obsessive, I get why people do. And it's like, it's a really fun time. It's a really fun time. And especially if you, I think if you're older and like he's just been a part of your life for even longer, that's sure. something. I feel like with a lot, there are bands that I think are going to, if they exist into our 50s and 60s, I, I would go see Pup. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, will they be, will they exist? <laughs> yeah. Will they exist in the same permeation? I don't know. How will it change? Who knows? Who can say, you know? And I think like rock stars go through that kind of stuff where they're like, am I, can I still jump on stage? Do, can my body do that? Yeah. I mean, I just read an interview with uh, Brian Fell on the Gaslight Anthem, and he was like, it was nice to not be in the band anymore. And then I thought, well, let's get back together for those reasons. But can I still be a rock star? Can I still jump around? Yeah. I'm so old. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I get that. You know, but you, there is a path. Bob is a great example of, like, you can change lots you of stuff. It. And not only that, but I think more people should do what he does, which is change your songs live yes. and i know he is so big and he has like this really easy ability to do it and i get why bands don't because they want you to buy the record they want you to stream it they want it to sound and have a you know be what you're doing like i don't want pup to like make a waltz out of <laughs> totally fine or something i want to see it in fucking cathartic but bob that music just isn't like that that like the catharsis comes from a little bit of his, his performance but i don't think it's us yeah when i'm not gonna rip off my shirt and be like <laughs> like a rolling stone <laughs> and i think you hear the song so many times it's just it's not gonna happen i don't know oh, sure. so anyways it was uh fantastic uh we obviously we got a couple drinks there overpriced we left the yonder bag was opened we were freed um and then we are hung over today why because we then uh, for for people that were there, we went to the Virginia Cafe. We might have saw you. We saw some fans before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that there were plenty of fans after, and we chilled and had some more uh, had some more drinks. And then we went to the TikTok. Uh, Is it? They just called the TikTok restaurant. TikTok restaurant. On TikTok Powell diner. Second, yeah. yeah, Powell. Let's go. But they was, don't okay. People that don't live on the West Coast and live on the East Coast or in other parts of America mm. are very, I'm sure, familiar with the beauty that is Waffle House. Mm. Open 24 hours a day. Just you know. Cheap food, questionable company. Yes. Perfect. Exactly what you want when you're drunk at 1 in the morning. 1 a.m. Yeah. It exists only for those purposes. Correct. Uh, Portland does not have a Waffle House or a Huddle House or any house, house of any kind. No houses. But they do have a couple of independent little diners in TikTok. It's one yeah. of them. And, man, oh. it offered exactly the experience. And they had beer. We walked in and you were just like, it was Which that like, I was not ready for. Because I was like, Waffle House does not serve alcohol. Yeah. And I was like, but we did, baby. Well, I asked for a PBR and they're like, we don't do a PBR. I'm like, cool. Can I get the IPA? Because of course there's the IPA. At one in the morning. And, and I was like, I will take a decaf coffee, please. Yeah. It didn't help you. It didn't help no. me. And here we are. 
uh, day after. So this is your debrief, uh, May 31st, 2022. Bob Dylan, we did it. We, we did, did it. it. I'm so glad we did it. I'm really glad that we did too. What so. a fun thing. Good night, Kelly. Thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> Good night. We'll continue with our episodes uh, currently. So enjoy. We'll go back to uh, our our Kinder episode, which is kind of going to come out. Um, our St. Um, Patrick's Day that keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And we got uh, some, it's June. We got some other. It, yeah, it is. Uh, it is June today, officially. <laughs> yeah. So we got some fun episodes coming up, and we're going to keep recording. So uh, everybody out there, thanks so much for following. And listening. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And I am uh, saying goodbye to you now. By doing this He's doing a strange salute. Salute. Okay, bye. Saluting the ringlets. Goodbye.